Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. And I'm the great one, Ryan. (laughs) And on this episode, we're going to talk some banter about some board games. We're going to hit you up with some news. And Ryan, what's the topic for this episode, please? We've got kind of two simultaneous topics going on. Norm's the solo gamer, so he's going to be talking about his top 10 solo games. And I mainly play a lot of two-player games, so I'm going to be talking about my top 10 two-player games and no the old one-two punch <laughs> cardboard conjecture is proudly sponsored by amazing stories comics on 8th street in saskatoon they're the winner of the joe schuster award for best comic book store in canada and they were also nominated in 2016 for the u.s eisner spirit of comics retailer award presented at comic-con Amazing Stories, amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. Let's get into some banter. Um, uh, I'm, you know what? I'm going to start because that will lead into some discussion uh, for, uh, for you to uh, pile up on. So um, I got myself ready. Ryan and I are going to do, uh, we're going to try and do some, uh, some episodes for the Jabs, just another board game show, and um, some Marvel Champions, and we're going to do the Red Skull campaign, I believe. Yep. Yep. Okay. So I, uh, I t- already said, I'm going to do Hawkeye. I'm going to play Hawkeye. Because, um, you know, he's like, he's underrated. Everybody's like the Aquaman, right? So everyone's, just, you know, I got to give him some. Hawkeye is not Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> So I got to give him some respect. So, yeah, I started playing. Ah, oh, man, uh, ran through like, you know, um, the, the, the base game stuff uh, scenarios and uh, just started to learn how, the, how this character operates. And he's very cool. Like, mm. it's all about, you know, what I'm totally appreciating out of Marvel Champions. And, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about that one. Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> is... Uh, how how the the character deck mechanisms are so thematically connected to the the character like like they they've they've went above and beyond their homework to make a point to um, you know tie things in and not just mail it in and far as far as it's designed you know it's like bloop here's another one bloop here's another deck yeah. right pretty much the same thing just different color right um, so uh, yeah I totally appreciate uh, the uh, the 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 depth that I that I'm starting to see in Hawkeye, but I'm you know what, I'm still a Spider-Man guy. Yeah, Hawkeye <laughs> is really cool. I've only I've only played him once, but I really thought his they they really na- nailed it with his arrows mm-hmm. system and yeah. like having to charge them up, like have to pretty much pull them out of the quiver and yeah, the load quiver. them up. And, yeah. and you have to load them up and then fire them. That's, yeah. a, that's, that's a really cool mechanism. 
Yeah, that was, uh, and and also the uh, having those couple cards to pay for Arrow events, mm. right? Um, that whole synergy was just very clever. I, I appreciate it. Now, I want to see how it works with another character. And, and what did you say that you're going to bring to the table with this uh, campaign? I'm I'm bringing my, my tried and true... <laughs> Overpowered. I'm going to bring, I'm, I'm bring the OP. <laughs> Doctor Strange is coming to the table. So we got the team up of Doctor Strange and Hawkeye going to run through the Red Skull campaign. And that, that'll that maybe hopefully lead us up to when the, the Mad Titan Shadow finally reaches uh, Canada and North America here because it's on mad delay to North America. It's readily available in Europe right now. Well, and not saying Shadow. and not saying that we're like really far behind in, you know, getting media and culture here. I mean, we oh, just yeah. got Nirvana like last week. So, you know, <laughs> we're just just a little bit behind. <laughs> uh, yeah, it I don't know, this whole global shipping thing, it's just clusters everywhere. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's getting bad. We um it might be a news thing. I don't know, but uh, yeah, the, the the idea of the shipping container costs going through the roof and people scrambling, uh, not scrambling, but people pivoting on Kickstarter or pre-Kickstarter and sourcing local. Yeah. Which I'm hearing, I'm hearing more and more through the podcast I'm listening to of, uh, of these choices being made. And honestly, if that's the case, and there's also some that are being very environmentally conscious on on their, you know, their cardboard selection. And if that's the case, I, I don't mind paying a little bit more to support, um, you know, um, support local or, or, you know, continental. <laughs> yeah. No, that's 100% it. And that's why we're going to probably see some of these increases yeah. because yeah. we are going to be, a lot of these companies are trying to produce now within the U.S. And yeah. But yeah, cool. It, and it is it is what it is. It's the nature of the beast. And I I know the question everybody's asking is how did we go from Hawkeye Marvel Champions to here? And <laughs> to answer your question, we're two teachers and we go on tangent. You're math teacher. Tangents. We tangents. get tangents all the time. Right? Yep. But we brought it back in. Good old so, line connected to a circle. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I can't wait to dig into some more, um, of this regular, we're going to try and do some alternate Mondays when we don't record, we're going to do some Marvel champions. So that's what I got to bring to the table right now is awesome. Hawkeye and you, um, you and Rob, you and Rob started something new. Yeah. I'm going to be starting, I'm going to be starting up. Well, Rob and I from, so Rob from the meeple dungeon, and I have been doing Wednesday night streams on our YouTube channel. And for a while there, we were doing Ashes Reborn, which is a fantastic game. I reviewed it in our last episode. And we're going to take a small break from Ashes because there's some other card games that have been coming out that we want to explore. And one of them is the Flesh and Blood card game. And now Flesh and Blood is a new trading card game. It's a collectible game. So there's the chasing after the foils and the rares and the, and the super rares and the majestics <laughs> and the legendaries. They've got rarities up the wazoo in this game. Uh, but we picked up a couple of the Blitz decks, which are just kind of like their version of a pre-constructed uh, deck. And it's a really, really neat back and forth game. It's everything's going to get compared to magic the gathering mm -hmm. because that's like the, the big one well yeah everybody wants to be like magic the comparable 
Um, and except for in this one, we're not really, you're not really summoning spirits to go battle on your behalf or something like that. You are actually two characters dueling it out. And when you take your action points, they are just like, actually like, you know, I'm fighting with you with my sword or my katana or my ax. And then I might have like some alternate moves that I can attack you with type of thing. And really, really quite neat. It's got the multi-use card system where every card has its ability, but it's also could be used as resources to pay for your other cards. I, I think that's kind of a neat uh, aspect to it as well. And then your character, you also have cards set aside. That's your equipment. So you've yeah, equipped your character um, at the beginning of a game and your equipment has one time, one time game effects on them. So you kind of have to, time when you're actually going to trigger those abilities to the best that they can offer you Mm -hmm. very neat game we were playing what's called the blitz format so a small deck of 40 cards i think it was 40 um and only 20 health on your character and it's just back and forth um there's there's the bigger brother version (laughs) called the constructed format which is 40 health and a 60 card deck whoa and so it's a, it's a much bigger deck, much larger. Harry, it's a very much more strategic version because you have to really pay attention to in this game uh, when it's not your active turn and you're the defending player, you can defend the attacks with the cards from your hand. But if I do that, then I'm left with less cards yeah. to play on my offensive turn. Yeah. So it's a very big push and pull type of thing. When do I want to defend? When do I not defend? When do I eat the damage? And yeah. so kind of like when I, when I decide I'm going to eat damage means I probably got a plan to hopefully deal more damage back to my opponent. Well, on yeah. There has to be a good reason why you're going to soak that up because you got to, you're timing it to do a even bigger yeah. swing. And it's a really interesting game. It's got a very interesting story behind it because they're trying to do Um, They're trying to fill the void that Magic the Gathering is starting to leave behind in these post-pandemic times. The production company, yeah. Yeah, Magic the Gathering is starting to pour lots of resources into their online uh, arena, Magic the Gathering arena app and computer, uh, computer version, and less about their physical play. And that's actually why Legends Stories Studios, I believe that's their name of the company, Um, decided to call it flesh and blood because they meant they want the game to be played in flesh and blood. And they just had a big, massive event in Las Vegas. They had over a thousand, they had like 1500 players um, attend this massive event with a $10,000 prize pool that was available yeah. inside events. And I, from what I've heard, it was a very successful event. It's gaining lots of traction. Their fifth set is about to release i think at the end of this week from this recording i think it's uh-huh. sep- yeah september 24th it's huge it's huge right now i think it's got i think it's got a lot good a lot of good things going for it i think it could compete with the big three the big three being magic Yu-Gi-Oh and pokemon mm-hmm. i think it has the i think it has the legs and it's starting to at least in saskatoon year from what i've heard Oh, really? It's, it's starting to grab some of those Magic the Gathering players away from Magic. Cool. And from what I, just from what I heard, it's a more strategic version of a card game. There's lots of interesting decision points. 
to be made during the thing. It's very quite thinky. Like yeah. Rob and I on our on our last one <laughs> was watching. <laughs> so the blitz format's only supposed to take like 20, 25 minutes, and we were like spending <laughs> no. like an hour. And that's well, you guys were just learning it too, right? Oh, we were learning it. We didn't yeah. know any of the cards in the deck, but uh flesh and blood. Uh, I'm very curious to explore. I'm not going to go heavy into this one like I used to do in collectible card games. Uh, I want to play with these Blitz decks. <laughs> sure, you're not. <laughs> I want to play with these Blitz decks. No, no, I got way too much other stuff to go on. Okay. No, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to play with these Blitz decks. Uh, there's some new Blitz decks coming out this week, so I think we're going to pick those ones up. I like the I like the pre-constructed stuff. I don't have... Mm. <laughs> I got kids. I don't have time for yeah. the deck building anymore. <laughs> well, and I mean... For, for people like me who who have no depth of knowledge in that, I like w- that whole crack it and play it, right? Like Keyforge did. Crack the deck and go, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I was laughing earlier when you were setting up the whole game and you said, <laughs> we're two knights, you know, squaring off. And I went, oh, like Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> we are the knights who say knee. <laughs> yeah. None shall pass. Bring um, me a shrubbery. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I hope it wasn't, I hope you guys didn't, you know, and end up decimating each other by the end of it. I really, I like the the player mats that I saw that that mm. uh, it, had, it had, visually from my point of view, I've never seen the game, never played it, but just looking at the player mat, I got a sense of what to expect of the game and, and sort yeah. of the zones. I, I, I was able to identify zones that made sense to me. Yeah, so. and if you don't have a play mat, like the area, the play area is very simplistic. You got your four pieces of equipment, you got your deck and weapon areas, and then you just got your deck. Uh, sorry, you got your character and weapons, and then you got your deck areas. And then everything else is played to what's called the combat chain, mm-hmm. and that's where all the action takes place. And after the after you play a card, then they all go to the discard pile, or I think the graveyard is where they call it this yeah. time. But cool. No flesh and blood. Uh, so Rob and I will be playing that on Wednesdays for the next little bit. And then we're going to return to, I think, back to Ashes because that game. If you, did, if you didn't listen to my review in the last episode, uh, go back and listen Spoiler. to me gush all, listen to me gush all over it because oh, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic game. Cool, cool. I want to play Ashes right now. Hey, well, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to try and find a copy because I, you guys kind of got me really interested in it because it's got what I should, what I What I should do is I should hand over a couple decks to you at school oh. and then you take them home and we'll put them on the webcam and... Oh, that's right. I don't necessarily need. The, I just need to need a deck. I I I literally own everything for Ashes at the moment. So. <laughs> See, so I'm going to come back to your speaking of of flesh and blood, not needing to know, own everything because you no, know. because I'm already collecting another game, and I'm collecting Marvel Champions. Okay, so and I'm collecting Arkham Horror. Good thing. Good thing we're not recording this or documenting anything you're saying right now. So <laughs> oh, my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> That makes two of us. (laughs) This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragon's Den Games, Louis the Eighth Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. And we're back in with some news. You ready for it? 
the news. Ryan, lead us into what's going on with some Fantasy Flight game news. Mm, this past weekend was Gen Con 2021. Seemed like it was a pretty decent turnout from what I gathered on the social medias that I was looking at. I've been hyperventilating at each picture I look at. Oh, I don't think it was as bad no. as some of the pictures were making it out to yeah, be. Yeah, no, but. no. Yeah, but there's that. I mean, everybody who sees that has that little part in the back of their brain going, oh, I don't know if I can do that yet. <laughs> yeah, just watches the people touching the escalator railing. <laughs> Purell, Purell. Okay. Anyways, back on track. <laughs> Fantasy Flight does their usual Gen Con in-flight report, giving us a heads up onto what's happening, Fantasy Flight games. And I love doing this every year because they got lots of news this year. Big one, and it, it actually came out before Gen Con, was the news about Keyforge, mm-hmm. which is a game that we really enjoy. We've always yeah. really enjoyed Keyforge. And they do have a new set kind of, that's kind of... With an put asterisk, asterisk, <laughs> kind of ready. Called the Winds of Exchange, bringing back some, bringing in some new houses, some new cards, and new player powers. But they also released a statement that Keyforge is going on a hiatus for a little bit. And one of the big things that they came about was that we do have this new set, but we can't print new things because our Keyforge algorithm is broken, which leads to lots of speculations because that is the definition of Keyforge and that was their driving marketing thing was that every single deck in the world was going to be unique. And for some reason, and I I, I listened to the team covenant podcast and and they had a really interesting take that they started think about that. They probably started introducing too many variables into the algorithm. They crashed the code and their code wasn't able to keep up. Or something like that. That might be, and that's just speculation, yeah. conjecture for <laughs> our podcast. Um, but I can see that as a math and computer programming guy, um, definitely can see that they were starting to introduce maybe too much too soon. But yeah, so Keyforge is on hiatus, but they do plan to come back at some point in time with this new set called Winds of Exchange, and also they are in talks with a company, and I'm losing oh, it right now, right. but they're going to be coming out with an app for Keyforge as well. So I think when Keyforge does come back, it's going to be big. They're yeah. going to they're going to go all over the place. The, the, um small things in Arkham Horror Land, they got a new scenario pack, just a one-off scenario coming out, but they also made the big announcement that is, they're going to start re-releasing the old expansions uh um campaigns but in this Ooh. new format that I was yeah, talking yeah, about, yeah, that they have yeah. all of the campaign cards in one box yeah. and all of the investigator cards in one box. And so they're going to start that with the Dunwich Legacy campaign, which was a really hard one to find for a lot of people for right now. So yeah. they the, are saying that they're going to bring that all back. The uh, the, the in-flight one that uh, um, I'll set it up and you can say what it is, but we got a little teaser when we interviewed Corey Kaneska. And uh, that yeah, that's of- a... Yeah, that was at that's at the very end of the in-flight report. Yeah, I know. Have you got there yet? Because I not I yet. Can't wait no, there's there's lots one. of stuff in this oh. in-flight report. Oh well, don't you don't, don't you have it open? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just sitting back. I'm enjoying oh, yeah. the uh, enjoying the first-hand account here. Lord of the Rings, the card game is getting relaunched. Okay, I got open. And they one. have a new revised course. So what they're doing with Arkham Horror, they're re-releasing the core box, but now everything all in one, and they're adding some things to make it a campaign right out of the core box. 
Um, then they got some new scenario packs for that one coming out. Oh, there Here's we go. the big one. Here's the big one. The new Marvel champion stuff. <laughs> so they I'm- officially announced the last hero of the um, Mad Titan Shadow um, cycle, which is going to be Vision. Yeah. So they got the Vision hero pack coming out. But then they started teasing us with the Sinister Motives campaign box, which is Spider-Verse. Yeah. And they've got Ghost Spider and Miles Morales Spider-Man as the heroes inside that box. And I am very excited. Yeah. And there's some, there's, I'm just quickly looking at it here. There's some great villains. Yep. They got the Sinister Six coming in there. Yeah. Looks like they got Venom in there as well. So mm, lots of things coming in with Marvel champions. Then they're going to be, they have a whole bunch of like merch stuff and they're teaming up with Simon to release some Twilight Imperium comic books mm-hmm. and graphic novels. That seems pretty good. But then the very big teaser at the very end was the <laughs> piece de la resistance. And we got a little bit of insight onto it when we interviewed Corey Kanitska is that a Star Wars Outer Rim expansion is finally coming. Yay! They just teased it. They didn't give any details about it. It's unfinished. called unfinished. Yeah. It's called unfinished business, and it's the expansion that everybody's been wanting. Yeah. We need that. We need this. We need more content for that game. It's a fantastic game. Just needs more content. And so that was the in-flight report for Fantasy Flight Games. <laughs> Lots of great stuff. I always, I'm always, I always get jazzed that, about it. That sounded like you just did the weather. And that was the in-flight report for <laughs> CKW4. Uh, cool. Uh, Cool. What's up? We, 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 we should be sponsored by Fancy Flight Games <laughs> for the amount of stuff that we talk about them. I'd rather get shares for the amount of money I've spent. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what, yeah, Ravensburger. This one's kind of interesting. Mm, is Yeah, this one is very, very interesting because Ravensburger is halting all orders in North America currently. And for the reason why they are stating this is that they want... Um, to catch up on this backlog of orders that are coming their way. They, they've been very aggressive in releasing new content. Mm-hmm. And they got a lot of those games coming out. Like they got Goonies yeah, and Rocketeer. Um, Rocketeer and Gargoyles. Oh, yeah, yeah. And all these other really awesome games that are coming out. Uh, except for they just can't get them here <laughs> because of, this, of, of the shipping issues yeah. that are happening globally. And so what they're doing is they're actually putting a, hi- a hiatus on the orders. People can't order. They gave until, I think, September 17th. So that's just passed. And now they're not accepting orders, which is actually really bold of them going into Christmas season. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. They, they just, I think there's a, such a backlog of their orders that they need to do things properly, I well, guess. And they're, they're a big enough company that they can absorb a, a, a tactical decision like that. Yeah. So um, things will be starting up for them probably very early 2022, maybe even very late 2021 here. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it is unfortunate. We like I've been. Have you seen the pictures of the Gargoyles game? Now, is there, are they using the artwork directly from from the the uh, the Disney IP? Yes. Or, cool. Are they so they're not they're not going on their own little kind of. T- no, 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 no. It's, it's, like, it's like Gargoyles, the cartoon that oh. I loved and that a lot of people have loved. Oh, and, yeah. And they got they got their own version of 3D terrain, t- 
take that descent legends of the dark Ooh, <laughs> they got like really? 3d like towers that the gargoyles go on and stuff like that and so and is this the prospero hall team that put this together mm-hmm. see that's weird they don't they don't do that crazy mini stuff or i'm not they don't do but that's oh no, and it's not like a heavies minis game. It's just like what probably these other productions are mm. uh, f- uh, for them. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm I curious. Thought it, I thought it was. I thought it was very interesting. All right, all right. Uh, last one. <laughs> well, speak speaking of nostalgia cartoons. Yeah, have to, <laughs> we have to mention this because it is kind of time sensitive too. Because by the time some people listen to this, there might not be that many days left in the campaign. No. Um, but come on. Or Simon, I'll still call them Simon. It's, <laughs> it's neither here there. Has their Masters of the Universe board game up on Kickstarter? It's loaded with plastic and minis and everything awesome. What and was your, what was your thing you said about about Simon? If it doesn't come with six boxes minimum, <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 yeah. What's a game that doesn't come with six boxes minimum? Come yeah. on, man. Yeah. So yeah, it's and it's looking really good. For and now, we just recorded an episode about this with, um, or I did with Dyson Dragons oh, yeah, and the yeah. Dungeon. We did another one of our Kickstarter excessor values, and this is we we picked this one because we have it. Oh my gosh! Now I think I've become I'm coming reformed a little bit <laughs> because this one doesn't get me Liar. juiced up. No, this one doesn't get me juiced up. Okay. I'm looking at it. Yeah. And like there's lots of miniatures and lots of things and a big massive, a big massive plastic castle gray skull minute, quote unquote miniature that goes on the board. There's a pile of minis too. Not just a bit. There's a pretty good distribution. Yeah. And they've got, now they've just added on 3D terrain uh, today as add-ons. Nice. I don't know, but this one's just not just it's not getting me. It's and not, that might also be because too, it's not really a meant as a cooperative type mm-hmm. of game. It is a one versus many skirmish. Oh, okay. Or a one v one skirmish type of game. Yeah. And that's not really a game that Jen and I play. Or that's not really a game I play in general. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't go out there. Like if I'm gonna if I'm doing one v one things, like I'm playing Ashes Reborn or I'm playing these dueling card games, yeah. yeah, with my friends. I'm not playing these miniature heavy war games. Essentially, that's what this one's gonna turn out to be. Mm-hmm. So it's not getting me jazzed up. This might be a Simon. This is no. This not might be. This is a Simon Kickstarter that I'm I'm passing on. Okay. But and we did o- do a, and that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> But listen to that episode when it comes out because we did uh we're doing a prices right challenge to see how much an all-in we tried to guess how much an all-in pledge was uh, yeah pl- pl- pledge is gonna end up costing somebody. Uh so I'll, I'll let you have to go on Dice you're, not, and you're not gonna you're not gonna I'm not, I'm not gonna slip. say it on this air. You have to go watch our other show. <laughs> Over five hundred. Yes. Oh! <laughs> That's my prediction. Ooh. Okay, so that's it's that's where it's going. That's where you think it's going. That's where it's going. Well, right now, what what is it right now? I'm gonna do some math on the air. 220, 295, 345, 395. It's it's already it's already over four hundred dollars for the Amer- stuff that they've released. American? Yeah. 
Whoa, that's like two grand Canadian, eh? <laughs> so I, I think my prediction is pretty, I think actually all three of our predictions were pretty all right. Wow. So that's all I could say is wow. Well, and, and not but, to, but not there's going to gonna be people out there that they're going to get froth over this thing. Cause this is he, man, this was a big part mm-hmm. of a lot of people's childhoods. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This will yeah. be, this will have the kind of a similar nostalgic connection that uh, fireball Island had. Yeah. Kind of pulling on those, those and they're uh, really, they're strings. really trying to go with the FOMO because <laughs> that's what Simon does. Yeah. They, 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 they tug at the FOMO heartstrings. Everything in this campaign seems to be a Kickstarter exclusive. Like, I, I don't think very much of this is actually going to retail. Oh. Or if any of it. Now, but do they, does it usually go to retail? Uh, no, not unless if your retailer is a Simon, uh, Simon retailer in which they can get in on the Kickstarter. Ah, like, okay. Amazing Stories and Dragon's Den Games here in Saskatoon are Simon retailers. They can get in on these campaigns and order this stuff, but they mm-hmm. can't just get it through the regular distribution yeah, channels. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah, so if you want the gigantic plastic gray skull miniature, that's a Kickstarter exclusive. Yeah, or find to see if your uh, local, friendly local game store is bringing it in, so. Yep, talk to Darren at Dragon's Den. I'm pretty sure he's going to put it together, yeah. group pledge. Talk to Jeff at Amazing Stories. I'm pretty sure he'll put in some group pledges if people are interested in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that saves you on the shipping. That's going to save you on the shipping. Yeah. But. Yeah. And that way it doesn't get shipped to your house and you don't have to explain things. <laughs> <laughs> What's this yeah. fridge box? And, and, and There's a fridge box on our front step. Hi. If you like the content we're creating and the podcast episodes we're producing, please leave a happy rating on the podcast platform that you use. This would be such a great gift and would also help others find our podcast when they search for board game podcasts. And if you have the time, check out our new YouTube channel where we have new content every few days. Just search Bridge City Board Gamers on YouTube. Thanks, eh? And we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture, and we're going to go into our topic, which is, uh, from my point of view, the top 10 solo games, and from Ryan's point of view, the top 10 two-player games. And Mm. uh, I think this was a pandemic-forced topic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. So, Ryan, um, not that there's much that we need to talk about, but uh, what, uh, what kind of prompted your list? Like, was there any dimension, any criteria? Any method, any madness? So for so this is just gonna be like more of a personal experience type of list. These are the two player only. Like I'm not gonna be talking about games that, you know, play two to four players and they have a good two player mode. Yeah. I'm just gonna be specifically excuse me, talking about the ones that are designed only to be played as two-player games. So there's some of those, like, you know, there's the Cosmos two-player game lineup. There's the Lookout Games two-player lineup. And there's some other ones that may or may not have been mentioned on this show 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> have we talked about Target type, type, yet? Type, type, type of games. <laughs> so that's where I'm kind of going back. Some of these are Jen's favorite games as well because cool. we've played them so much. Um, so, yeah. So I'll be giving my list of my 
mine and Jen's. I, I, Jen gave a little bit of input to this list too. Um, our Let me favorite, guess her input was, what are you putting that on the list for? <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time we played that? We never played that. Oh, come on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so two-player games. Cool. Um, my my approach um, was, uh, I mean, I, there's so many, like, as I put my list together, it's like, well, if I played that again, I would probably make it on the list. But it came down to what are the, what's the frequency? What are the ones that are actually getting on the table um, to be played? And there's probably two criteria there. One is um, ease of play. Like, I, I don't mm. want to spend more time setting it up than it takes to play. Right. Um, and and depth of play, right? Right. So there's those are my two criteria. Now, um, I, as I mentioned before, we went uh, went on air with this that I not that I'm cheated, but I I kind of I'm going to quickly spout out a list of games that I've not yet played. That if I did, I know they'd make it on the list somewhere. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So. So that's, uh, that's are you giving to that as first or are you going to give that to us at the end? No, I'll give that right away just so that you know that not to expect these games and, and, you know, and the reason it's like, you're mad. Well, of course I'm mad because I haven't played this game. So that's why it's not on the list. Right. And that, and cool. the whole dimension of that discussion is, I mean, that's a whole episode right there mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. team. Um, right. So, um, do you want me to start? Sure. I'll spit out. I'll spit out that. Uh, so here's here's the ones that didn't make the list because I haven't played them, but they would make the list. I'm pretty darn sure um, from all the research I've done and all the all the talk that I've heard. So the first one, Seventh Continent. I've heard mm-hmm. you talk so much about it. It's pretty much everything right. Right. Um, that uh, role playing that I love, like doing D and D and stuff. Right? It's just right. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Sounds like it'd be a perfect blend. Um, the next one I have, <laughs> I'm, I'm so shy. Um, I have this game on my shelf, but I haven't Arkham horror, the living card game. I have, mm. I haven't, there's cellophane still on the decks, man. Forgive me. Um, the other one is no, Gaia no project. Forgiveness. No, no forgiveness. forgiveness. Uh, the other one is guy project. Um, yeah, I know. I love space and I love that. You're, list, you're listing and, off some of my favorite games of all time. Well, see, that's what I mean, right? <laughs> Um, the next one is Feast for Odin. Yep. Right? So, I mean, I know. I love I love Uwe. Um, uh, another one, again, you're going to nod. Anachrony. Mm-hmm. I understand that is a fantastic solo, and it's a great game. Yep. And, and uh, that's, that's a solo mode that I have not played. I have not oh, played the ooh. solo mode for Anachrony. Okay. Um, and then the last one is Too Many Bones. That's that chip oh, I don't theory know too game. Much of it. Oh, okay, I don't know too, yeah. many, too much it's, about that. It's basically dungeon diving and chip theory's way of putting, you, you know, all the chips are, are, you know, the basis of of the okay. development of this game. So those are my, they'd make the list if I played them. Yeah. Uh, I got a small list of things that I'll call my honorable mentions that they didn't make quite make the list. Mm-hmm. And, and two of them, uh, people are going to scream <laughs> when they hear this. Um, uh, what? Yep. The good doctor, Mr. Kinesi, uh, Reiner. Kinesia, Reiner, uh, he didn't make my list. <gasps> Battleline slash Shot and Totten didn't make the list. And Lost Cities didn't make my list. <gasps> For shame. I know, right? Uh, a game that I'm sure if we played 
and I don't own this one, but um, I've heard great things about Raptor. Uh, kind of like the, the, this kind of like dueling game. Mm-hmm. Um, Agricola, all creatures big and small, did not make my list. And Norm, I'm sorry, but Shobu did not make the list. Oh, Shobu. So now you're wondering what did make the list. Well, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that there's a J and Sen game that made that list. We'll see. <laughs> there was it was just like a pinter pause. And breathe. Um, okay, so my my number ten, my number ten. Um, I'm gonna first say the one that got kicked out was uh, was Black Orchestra. That is the that is that Valkyrie make a plan to eliminate assassinate Hitler. Um, that just got bumped off the list by Viticulture. Or Ooh. or you know, the Tuscany Essentials edition. Now this one, now I don't want to say that this is the first time that uh, I think it's Morton Anderson came up with the Otama deck, um, but uh, this was my first experience with it, and and yeah, like I mean I, I love love the worker placement in Viticulture. Um, I love the cards. I love how the whole thing works, and the um, that Otama system uh, is is great it, it doesn't uh change the, the decision making in the game as much and uh keeps the challenge there and it's not one of those you know beat your best score right yeah. sometimes that's okay but in this case no it, you're you're it's you're you're pushing hard against the uh the automa which does a great yeah, job that's one and that's one of those systems where you flip <laughs> over the card that car like the guy kind of just takes that spot away from yeah. you, right? Yeah. yeah, like a good worker placement. It's like, oh, denied, denied, and and mm. you know, flip a card, and oh, they here's there's their points, and you know, they're pushing right. ahead of you. Now it abstracts a lot of the 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 you know the AI decision making, but good enough. I, I don't want to know the AI's backstory. I want my turn next, right? So it does a great job at that. So that's my number ten. Sweet. Okay, my number 10 is a two-player game that Jen doesn't play. (laughs) And I don't think Jen's ever played it, but I've had such great experiences with it as a two-player game, and that is Star Wars Rebellion. Oh, yeah! Number 10, and it's so low because of that. it it, It is an epic. It is an epic scale it's taking it's taking you a few hours to play through the cat and mouse chasing of the rebels and the empire and the empire starts with a big massive fleet on the board and the rebels are hiding and not necessarily wanting to get into that conflict but trying to build up their rebellion beforehand claiming those mission points ever so sneakily sabotaging things and the stories that it's able to tell. I've had epic games with you. Yeah. I've had epic games with Ian. Um, it, it's a fantastic sit down and let's live out Star Wars in this mm-hmm. alternate universe timeline stories yeah. that can develop. Yeah, yeah. So set aside a few hours. Star Wars Rebellion is my number 10. Nice. Even though uh, it does say two to four, you're never no, going to play that game. That's, more a, than two that's a two player. It's game. a two player game. Much the same way that this one says, oh, it's a one to four player game. 
no, this game is a solo game that may... It's the opposite. You know how games are like, oh, it plays four, but you can, if you want, play solo. This is the other way. This is a solo game, and you can play more players if you want, but don't. Um, and that is uh, Nemo's War. Mm. Victory Point Games and uh, I'm Ian O'Toole. I mean, we 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 love we love Ian, um, and uh, so yeah, Nemo's War. You're basically you're you're on the Nautilus and you're doing you're doing campaigns and you're doing story narratives and you're trying. There's four different modes that you can um, set your game to in regards to adventure, exploration, military, and. Uh, and and the the good sign of a of a good solo game is uh, that your win percentage is below twenty and mine is below <laughs> ten. No, um, there's yeah on the rare occasion you manage to squeak out a reputable uh, uh, you know win. Uh, it, it's a it's a you know feels good. Um, some people uh, there's there's dice involved and some people are like oh I I hate that randomness but. This there's the mitigation in this is that you you bet points. There's three tracks. Um, there's there's your crew. There's Nemo, and then there's the Nautilus. And depending on the event or the the conflict, uh, you can bet points to add to your dice roll. Um, and if you're successful, you know you, you you regain. And if you're not successful, you lose that. And then that's one of those criteria that that. That push you to to not winning the game, but um, yeah, I have so much fun every time I play this game. I just just loads of fun. And there's and if you if you if anybody's ever heard our memories um, uh, uh, episode, uh, this one's got a depth of uh, emotional uh, associative memory. Mm. So yeah, that's Nemo's War. Love I thought it was going to be higher in your list, honestly. Well. <laughs> Yeah, there's just so many good ones that have come out, though, right? I mean, this Perfect. one, came, Love this one it. came out in, what's the date on this one? 2017. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. But still, it made the top 10. Number nine. Absolutely. Okay, my number nine is a Capstone game. Mm. Capstone's actually got a couple two-player-only games. But this one's just slightly better than the other one. And I'm going to talk about Watergate. Yeah, fantastic two-player game. You I'm, introduced me to this one, and then I introduced Jen to it. And this one comes out every now and then, and nice. it's a very nice tug of war, back and forth. And that that seems to be a common term or a common feeling in lots of these two-player only games is the tug of war. Yeah, between the two players, the push and pull, the try to capitalize on your opponent's mistakes, almost and everything. And so, yeah, and Watergate, it is living out the Watergate scandal of one player playing the uh, media type of people and the other players playing the Nixon administration and the media trying to connect the dots and the conspiracies to Nixon by playing, these, by playing these event cards and trying to find these key players in the Watergate scandal. Yeah, And Nixon is just trying to, you know, I don't know, off the people so that you can't find them or something like that protect protect his imagery yeah. uh, by playing his event cards and it's so cool it's very thematic um it is it well I, and there's a term that i don't like to use very no. often but uh the immersion and how you're feeling in the text and the flavor yeah. of the cards you're playing 
It's very good. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's a very quick playing type of game. Like, what is it, 30 minutes-ish? Yeah. Which is a perfect game for us when we are going to bed quite late or the kids get to bed late and you still want to pick up a game. And the rules overhead for it, not very complicated. It's smooth. It's straightforward. Yeah. yeah. So, But it's so deep. So deep. Oh, in, there's in, so many different in interesting the decisions. Yeah, the yeah. decision point. And then if I play this card to push that peg closer to my side or to your opponent's side, or am I playing it for the action? Cool. If I play it for the action, then it's gone for the game, possibly, <laughs> or something. So Watergate is a fantastic and my number nine two-player game. Cool. I'm going to speed. I'm looking at our clock. I'm, I'm going to speed this up because we're oh. going to run late. <laughs> but uh, my number eight, um, and you're probably going to have that same feeling of it's been falling down the list, but there's so many good games, is uh, Robinson Crusoe. Okay. And, I uh, can see that. Yeah. And, um, and this one's dropped down the list because of the the demand of the rule set that you have to get into your working memory in order to get that game you know going uh i love the variability in this game there's all these different little scenario uh, uh um cards that you uh you run this exploration and and card drafting tableau engine through and uh yeah yeah um this one is always a great experience and always um, challenges me. So, this is another one is like I maybe have fifteen percent win rate with this game, and that says a good thing for me. So yeah, number eight, Robinson Crusoe. Okay, I'll keep it also nice and short here. My number eight, <laughs> my number eight is the only trick taking game on my trick list. It's a two in the two player only nice. trick taking game, and that is Fox in the Forest. Bravo. Great game. If you know what trick-taking games are, this one does it well. Those are only three suits, and the odd number cards have some sort of special mm-hmm. effect when they get played, um, switching the trump suit and stuff like that. And the really good thing about this one, too, is that you don't want to take all of the tricks. Yeah. You just want to take some of them because if you hit this sweet spot, you score more points for the round. Um and so there's a, there are sweet spots by not taking very many or just taking just enough. Yeah. But if you take too many or you don't take any at all, that's that's bad. It's like bell curve scoring. Yeah. So it's <laughs> you take really too much, you get zero. You don't take enough, you get and zero. And it works. It works very well. So yeah. Fox in the Forest is our number. Which was this eight? Cool. Uh, my number seven is an engine building, and there's not the only one on there. Um, uh, this is Wingspan. Um, this is uh, this is uh, Stonemire Games. Um, it's your birds. You're basically putting together a bird sanctuary, and it is like I said, probably one of the most dynamic engine builders of late. Um, now, a lot of people get, oh, it's simplistic. Well, I mean, you 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 want to have you want to have a, an appeal to a, a good range of people, and. The uh, once again, the Automa deck from Stonemaier comes through brilliantly with this game. So uh, this plays great solo, and this plays great uh, even up to four players. So Wingspan, great choice, great choice. My number seven is Emotep the Duel. 
So cool. this is another one of those. This is one of those games where they had a big brother game, and then they kind of just made like the little brother or the mm-hmm. cousin version, where it's like take the take the game that could be played as two player already, yeah. but we're gonna kind of keep the core concepts of the game, but we're gonna also change it enough that it's a, it's the own unique two player experience. And I this is very it feels very chess like mm-hmm. is when I've talked about it in the past where you really have to position your pawns in order to take the proper tiles off the boats in order to maximize your scoring and the variable scoring because there's these dual flip boards and <laughs> not not and not every board you're not going to have the same combination of point scoring opportunities every single game there it's really really good i highly recommend checking out emotep the duel cool you know what and i love I love that because that's definitive on how many players. It's like a, a cosmic encounter, the duel. <laughs> this episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge right here in Saskatoon. Using industry-leading technology, Breakout Escape's escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. Um, so my number six is, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again, is my favorite deck builder by far. Um, is Aeon's End, and uh, I'm I'm currently playing the one of the campaign games. I'm currently playing one of the legacy games. Uh, this is so much fun, and the uniqueness I like about this game is that unlike any other deck builder that you shuffle your deck and then and then you take your five cards, this one your deck stays in its in its chronological order that you put it. So once it depletes, you pick it up. Turn it over, move it to the other side, take your cards. And when you play them to your tableau and put them back, that's where you can rearrange it. But yeah, this and and it's a I would it's kind of like a tower defense game because you're you're defending the village. And as the village points run is out, done. So it's big boss after big boss battle. It's awesome. That's Aeon's end. Okay, that was number six. Number six. Okay, my number six is a pair of games they do the exact same thing but one has a space theme and one has a fantasy theme and i'm talking about star realms slash hero realms essentially the same game just pick your favorite flavor (laughs) now depending on what you want hero realms has some campaign expansions that you can play through which is Mm -hmm. really quite neat it has the cooperative aspect to it star realms is completely just a duel between the two players but the two systems are very, very identical. Um, I prefer actually Hero Realms because of the um, campaign aspect. Yeah. But if I'm looking for the fighting, the duel aspect, I'm going with Star Realms. And yeah, it's a fantastic deck building game. Does, doesn't do anything groundbreaking in the yeah. deck building genre, but man, is it a lot of fun. And man, can you just hammer out like, toe-to-toe like, matches oh man you can hand them out seven games you can do a best of seven in an evening very easily <laughs> cool that yeah, was your so number- that was my that was my number six star realms slash hero realms my number five is 
tra- has tragically fallen. And I think you know what I'm talking about. And this is one of those games that that has fallen because of that setup and and cognitive rule book cognitive load. <laughs> and uh, that's Mage Knight. Mm. I love this game to bits. Absolutely adore this game. But it's one of those games where it's like, okay, I gotta quickly refresh the rule, but get everything, get that programming back in my in my RAM, and uh, once it's there, then I'll play. Man, I'll play a week's worth of games because it's one of those things. Like, okay, I got the rule set there, everything's humming, the engine's going. All right, don't don't interrupt me. Daddy's not cooking. <laughs> Daddy's not a short order cook. I gotta get this game done. So yeah, yeah. Uh, brilliant game. Uh, it's it's. Yeah, I mean, I gush all over it all night if I wanted to, but Mage Knight, that's my number five. Okay, number five is not chess. Though it's, <laughs> the most, it's the most chess-like game on our list, and that's Onitama yeah. is our number five. In the great dueling chess-like game, and I always like to say it's chess-like because your, your pawns and master pawn are moving across the board, but they're dictated by the cards that are selected at the beginning of the game. And you have to use one of those cards to move one of your pieces, and then it goes into the community yeah. piece, and then you take the community piece. So your, the cards are ever so changing all the time amongst the two players. There's only, what, five? There's only the five yep. cards. Each player has two, and then there's the one community one. There's one always in limbo. Yeah. And they're always shifting based on how you're moving your pawns, and you're just trying to do one of two things. Take out the opponent's master pawn or get your master pawn onto the opponent's steps. Uh, yeah, steps. Temple steps, yeah. Yeah, and oh, my goodness, so good. Uh, <laughs> it is just so good. Onitama. Yeah. Um, I do have the one expansion. I don't have the second expansion, but I do have the first expansion. I don't have the one that introduces like the wind spirit. Mm-hmm. There's something else. But then, and then I heard that there's another expansion coming for it. <laughs> that, that's adding ninjas to the game. Oh, no. Which is kind of interesting. But Onitama, just the base game as it is, fantastic. And especially if you want like a very quick chess-like yeah. game in your in your collection and the component quality of this game is amazing yeah neoprene player board nice cool so that was my number five uh my number four is uh one of those games that is not it's not the cognitive load about the the rule book it's all the fiddly components that need to get put in place before you can get at this thing (laughs) and you see you're laughing because you know what i'm talking about i'm talking about gloomhaven oh my gosh love me some gloomhaven but this is a table hog, and um, uh, there's a lot of apps that you can use. But I, I mean, I play board games for the tactile, so I don't mind doing all those little busy things, but I have to have it out. And so once it's out, that's another one of those games that once it's out, I'm, I'm running through at least minimum five to eight scenarios if I can, if I can make it happen. Right. And, and I mean, if I don't suck, maybe, maybe those five <laughs> to eight scenarios are all the one try on the same scenario. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, that's my number four, Gloomhaven. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> one week to try to get one scenario done. <laughs> okay, my number four is, oh, the first tile laying game Ooh. on my, in a two-player tile laying game. <laughs> And we're talking about 
patchwork. Oh, it is so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, what uh, this is Uwe Rosenberg's like first foray, I believe, into yeah. the polyomino tiling aspect. And I really enjoy it because it does have the economic piece of oh, the buttons, buttons. and the having buttons. to pay your buttons for the quilt pieces. And then every now and then that takes, then they cost time and then you move your time and then you cross a button space, you get some buttons to buy some more things. And then as soon as somebody, once you reach the end of the time track, can't fill your quote and quilt anymore and you can earn negative points. Yeah. Of course, it's a new Bay <laughs> Rosenberg game where you can earn negative points. I've been there. <laughs> so patchwork is fantastic. We play it a ton and I've still, I've seen people post pictures of their completed board and oh, I've never yeah. even come close. Oh yeah. That's a, and that's this an is like, and my, I have a math brain and a spatial element brain and I try to make it happen, but I've never come close. You should see this guy pack a trunk of his car when it comes to summer vacation. <laughs> Tetris was my friend as a kid. Cool. All right. My number three, uh, my number three, uh, replaces, uh, the, the, the need for me to even think about terraforming Mars, uh, because I think this is a better engine builder, and this is underwater cities. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's engine builder. It uh, it does such. I mean, as simple as its solo implementation is, it does a fantastic job at blocking you with the areas that you need to get to to make things happen. And all of a sudden, things start to cascade. And boy, is it ever a fun game because there's lots of cards. So, yeah. Right. And I know you have this, and I know you really enjoy this game, too. So, uh, Underwater Again, Cities. And a, and a game that I have not played solo. And the best part is that um, when people play it like three or four players, it can run long. And I, I, I mean, mm. but it's not a boring game. It just can run long. Solo, oh, dude. You bang through a game in 20 minutes, half an hour. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So Crazy. Yeah, so Underwater Cities, that's my number three. Okay, my top three are pretty much set. <laughs> number three is a game that I just talked about on the show not too long ago, and we play it consistently. It comes out at least every couple of weeks. Seven Wonders Duel. <laughs> yeah, you talk about this a lot. I, I, ta I talk about it a lot. It's the it's the best version of Seven Wonders, I think. Seven Wonders does have with a two player variant in its core in its core box, this Big Brother box. It is a horrible two player variant that you no one should ever try to attempt. <laughs> and that's not even conjecture; that's fact. <laughs> if you're going to play Seven Wonders two proven. player, yeah. if you're going to play Seven Wonders two player, you go and pick up Seven Wonders Duel, and you may as well pick up the Pantheon expansion and the Agora expansion, because they just add so much depth on top of the fantastic drafting game and talk about a tug of war. There are three mm -hmm. different win conditions in seven Wonders Duel, and you have to keep them all in balance. Cause if one person runs away with one of them, yeah. chances are it's not going to points. It's going to win by <laughs> the military or by science or in cool. the case of the Agora expansion, Senate seats. Yay. <laughs> Cool. Seven Wonders Duel is number three. Uh, my number two, I've spoken about it before, and that is Marvel Champions. Mm, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, in this spot, I probably will also 
kind of sideways put Lord of the Rings, the card game, uh, because that and this and Arkham Horror are kind of got a same DNA structure, kind of from my point of view. So, but Marvel Champions, uh, yeah, yeah, that's one of those games where it's not a difficult rule set. And uh, it's, you know, there's such challenging levels once you, once you start off uh, and you get a groove for it, then you can turn, then you can turn the pressure on and, uh, and have some r- really great games if you start to understand your hero deck. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, and I've got so much more to explore. So that's why, that's why it's so high up on the list because there's a lot of stuff to go have fun with. So Marvel oh Champions. Gosh. 100%. That's a fantastic choice. That's actually the only way I've been playing Marvel Champions mostly has been solo. Mm-hmm. So great. Okay, number two for me is a game that you really enjoy, and I believe Mel actually also really enjoys, and that's Japur. Oh yeah. Oh, it is by far one of the best, or I guess in my opinion, the second best two-player game of all time. <laughs> it's got a very, it's got a very good push and pull. When do I cash in my cards to get the points before my opponent cashes in their cards to get the points? And if you don't know Japur, go and look it up. Yeah, it's on uh, BGA. Yeah, it is on BGA. And I thought I was good at until I played on BGA and stunk it up. Oh, baby. (laughs) There are some Japur masters out there where it's like, yeah, I'll lose two nothing. All the time because it's a best of three. That's how quick a mm-hmm. game can actually go. And I don't think I'll. I don't think I've ever actually won a single match. Either but, that, or I played against Bobby Fisher because <laughs> just <laughs> knew exactly when to cash oh, in man, at I what got time. Smoked, just smoked. It was embarrassing. It was just like I just wanted to like just such eliminate, a simple delete my account and just walk away from the computer. Such a simple little yeah. card game that go has cut the grass. Amazing <laughs> depth to it. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, Japur, cool. Well, here's my number one, and um, I, I, th- I hope, I hope you're in agreement with this. Um, this is one of those games where it's rare where you have a game that plays brilliantly solo, brilliantly two player, brilliantly three player, br- and so on and so forth. And that's Spirit Island. That's this a great choice. Is probably the best cognitive puzzle challenge risk take um uh push your luck maybe it has all of those really edgy anxious um decisions all rolled up into one game and i love the idea that the island's fighting back now (laughs) yeah i just i love it i love it so um if you've not ever played spirit island give it a try absolutely and uh and uh, I mean, Brian, go ahead. I mean, you, you, I think you think you got this game before I did. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think I've expl- yeah. I don't think I've explored it as much as you may have. But I remember I played it a, a few times. I've I've only ever played it solo and two player. Mm-hmm. And when I play solo, it's it's not. Yeah, you have to play two spirits essentially attacking yeah. the island, but everything. Um, one hundred percent agree. I haven't even ever touched any of the expansion content. Because there's oh, so much to explore in just yeah. that base game. Yeah. And my win rate at Spirit <laughs> Island is extremely low. 
And it's probably because I think that I'm intelligent. On one hand. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm intelligent. Yeah. And other people say that I'm intelligent, but that game makes me feel dumb. Well, it's the time. <laughs> it's one of those things where all of a sudden you're like, well, you know what? I, I could I can take a risk and then all of a sudden, whoa, I didn't see and then everything's done. <laughs> and cascade. And yeah. let's just reset to the game. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my number one, Spirit Island. I'm okay, waiting for this one. My number one, and then cut episode. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back. Yeah. My number one is my number two game of all time. And I can't go an episode with Cardboard Conjecture without mentioning it. It has to be Targi. It is the yeah. greatest two-player game created of all time. There is very <laughs> little, there's very little randomness to it. Very tactile um, gameplay, and it is very in your um, opponent's face. Oh, you're constantly blocking what they want to try to achieve. And so the concept of Targi is putting this uh, worker placement on these edge border cards to hopefully they match <laughs> up and crosshairs for these action cards in the center. Yeah, and there's some might be some really good ones that you really want. And then your opponent just puts their guy on the row that you can't, now you can't go there. Yeah. And you invent new swear words every time <laughs> that this game is played because so-and-so, in this case, Jen, blocks me. And then oh, it's so good. Oh, yeah. I'm back not, and I'm, forth. Yeah. I, and then the expansion just takes it to the whole next level. Right there. It's right baby. there, right behind your shoulder. The expansion takes us in that we never play without the expansion. The expansion makes the, the tactile, um, the tactical feeling of the game even more robust. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So. I'm going to throw a curveball because uh, we didn't write it down, but it just occurred to me. Um, uh, I have a game in my head that didn't make your list that I want to I want to throw out there and go, hey, what, did you consider this one? And vice versa. If you're thinking, well, I totally thought this would be on your list. The game that I thought would make your list that I kind of sneakily prompted was Akrotiri. I yeah. love Akrotiri. And we just, yeah. <laughs> a fantastic game, great game, yeah. love it. We but just there's don't just so many it. good games out there, right? There's so many good games. These yeah. ones, so especially those ones in my top five here, um, Onitama, Patchwork, Seven Wonders Duel, Japur, and Targi. If you were to randomly say what game is Ryan playing on a weekend, one of those yeah. five is being played yeah. quite quite regularly. Cool. And was it, yeah. Was there a game that uh that you thought would have made my list for sure that didn't make my list? You see, I can't remember all the games that have solo modes. Because <laughs> you don't and, care and you, about solo modes. <laughs> I don't the, the solo modes never in the forefront of my mind. Nobody's um, mind. Nobody's no, mind. Nobody's mind. It's over your back shoulder there. You have Star Wars Outer Rim, I see, on your back. And that's got a fantastic solo I mode. I haven't played that one yet. You see, that's one I have played. Oh, okay. Well, there you it's go. It's so good. You I'm have gonna, to try it. I'm going to do like you do. I'm going to put it face up. Especially, so sure. especially now that the expansion's finally in the pipeline coming out <sighs> soon. Okay. <laughs> Outer Rim. That'll make <laughs> you gotta get well, the, You got to get it. We, uh, I think we we wrapped up a couple of good lists and uh, we we took care of a good chunk of our hour here. Yeah, and I'm interested to see what other people's favorite solo and yeah. two player games are. Yeah, that's 
Just throw it up on drop, Twitter. Yep. Drop us a line when this episode launches and you're listening to it. Throw it down on Twitter. Yeah. Say, hey, this is my favorite two-player game. Hey, this is mine. At BC Board Gamers. We're happy to have that conversation with you. Ryan, you're insane for saying Targi so much. I just don't <laughs> see your appeal. He's barely you know, talks play, about it. Barely if talks you play Targi once, you're going to see what I mean. Nah. Well, um, what I mean is to say thank you so much for listening to the episode. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, that being said, I'm your host, Norm. And I'm one-two punch, Ryan. <laughs> and we'll catch you later. <laughs> one-two punch. Good one. <laughs> This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture, and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter, at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek Guild number 3039.